Welcome back to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. This is Lawrence Coletti, and today we're recording live from the ABA Tech Show 2023 in Chicago, Illinois. Of course, we're at the beautiful Hyatt Regency over by the Chicago River, which drains out into Lake Michigan. It's a beautiful day. I have a wonderful panel of guests that just got done with their presentation for the keynote. So let me just do a quick round of introductions. Over to my left, I have Mr. Jazz Hampton. I have Aaron Levine sitting next to him. And then I've got Kimberly Bennett sitting next to her. Of course, Mr. Jack Newton uh, joining us on the far side of the table here. But uh, thank you all so much for joining us. I really enjoyed your panel. Thank you. Thanks. Thrilled to be here. Thanks. Thanks. So I have a confession to make. I, I walked into the keynote thinking I was going to ask a series of questions that I'd already written down. And I threw them all out because Jack said three words. He said, there be dragons. And so I realized that my questions were not going to compete with that. <laughs> and so, Jack, you said this in reference to uh, change. And you were, uh, it was a reference to sail, sailing and mapping the world. And in those areas they had not quite been to, they put little dragons on the maps and say, that must be where the dragons are. They hadn't been there. So there was something about the unknown that everybody feared. I was like, aha, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a journey together. So uh, what the audience doesn't know or may not know uh, is that we have four entrepreneurs here that have started businesses that service the legal uh, community here, the legal profession in different ways. And so we're going to build upon that, talk about the spirit of entrepreneurship and how it applies to daily life, whether or not you're a business owner. So first step is we got to figure out what our orientation is. That's the first step of every journey, knowing where north, south is, where are we going with this? So I'm going to start with Jazz. We're going to start with your business. You started a business and you service the legal community or the uh, you service clients at, that are becoming part of the legal community. Yeah. So tell us about uh, your business real quick, one minute or less, and the problem that you were trying to solve. Yeah, so uh, I am a, a lawyer that loves technology. And so two, two and a half years ago, I started a company called Turn Signal. Uh, Turn Signal is an app that anyone can have on their phone. And with the press of a button, button or voice activation, you, uh, when you're being pulled over or when you've been in an accident, you're instantly connected to an attorney on a video conference 24-7, 365, all while the front-facing camera of the phone records that interaction. Uh, and our mission and, and goal is simple and it's three-pronged. It's to protect drivers' rights, to de-escalate these roadside incidents, and third and most importantly, to make sure everyone, both drivers and law enforcement, return home safe at the end of the day. All right, Aaron, same question. Sure. I'm Erin Levine, certified family law specialist and lawyer turned founder of Hello Divorce. And we make divorce easier, kinder, and a lot more affordable by combining digital tools with integrated expert advice to make the transition into post-divorce life much smoother. All right, Kimberly, same question. Hi, so Kimberly Bennett, co-founder of Fadu, and we help legal teams ditch a bill by hour for good in exchange for flat fee and subscription service, subscription legal services. So we allow you to build, deliver, scale, and now we just launch, sell, subscriptions. Excellent, excellent. And Jack? I'm Jack Newton, the co-founder and CEO of Clio, which is the world's most widely used legal practice management system. All right, excellent. Uh, so the next question here is about the pace of change. And so one of the things I've noticed, I, I think as I've gotten older, is that change seems to be coming quicker and quicker. And so you all as entrepreneurs, you built something that wasn't previously there. So the legal profession, Jack, as you said during the keynote, is a profession based on precedent. So be it the times that we live in where things change and the rate of change just keeps increasing. How do you deal with that? How do you stay on top of that? What's your personal philosophy there? Let's start with Jess. 
Uh, I think of it similar to raising my three kids. And I say that the days are long, but the years go fast. It feels like every day you're battling something new. And it used to be the highs would come every week or month. And now they come every hour, it feels like, just like the lows that come right after them. Uh, So the days can feel long. And traversing that, I think, is is something you really have to focus in on. But then what happens is you look back and you say, where... I was at ABA Tech Show a year ago, and it feels like yesterday. Uh, so when you, when I think about it from that perspective, I try to just go day by day knowing that you have to get over the, the humps that you're going through that day, but the year is going to go really fast, and you're going to look back and, and be proud of where you, you've gone uh, and attack it every day in, the, in that fashion. All right, Aaron, you work in divorce, and so obviously that's a change. So how do you deal with that? There's so much change, and it's easy to get really overwhelmed by it. So I just stay focused, hyper-focused on the consumer experience. What problem am I trying to solve for? Where is the friction? And what pieces of technology or process or design can I use to help people navigate it a little bit more smoothly? I also think that to navigate change really well, you have to be obsessed with personal growth. And the great part about being a founder is that the personal growth comes with the professional growth. It doesn't just like, the two aren't interchangeable or mutually exclusive, I should say. And so that's really, really helpful because it gives you permission to say like, no, I'm not there yet or, ooh, this feels really uncomfortable, but I'm going to keep working on it. All right, Kim. I think focusing on being a whole human being is, is the most important thing. And I think about that, whether it's in my business or a personal life. And, you know, you fail at it some days and you're like, oh, okay, I was a little too far on one end and you win on some others. But really just thinking about how I can enjoy the moments, right? And like take in what's happening and um, thinking about like what's, what is my present goal and not going so, I have the vision, have, knowing where I want to go, but also just enjoying the, each stage of it, the journey being just an important part of it. So for me, it's really just every day enjoying the moments, yeah. And Jack, there's a big anniversary for you, the 15th anniversary of the official launch of Clio. And during that time, you've seen a lot of change, most of it growth. And so how do you do that? How do you deal with all the changing landscape, building a company on you know, on, in the cloud? It's interesting, I, you know, on, on one hand, it feels like change is accelerating. On, the other hand, it feels painstakingly slow to embrace change that seems obvious. I'll give you an example of what that looks like. We launched Clio at ABA Tech Show 15 years ago in 2008. And I remember the last in-person tech show I was at in 2019, no, actually it was 2020, right on the cusp of the pandemic. There was still a session at ABA Tech Show about whether cloud computing is safe. And it's like cloudy skies ahead how to embrace cloud computing safely and securely. And I felt like, how on earth are we still having this conversation in 2020? That conversation should have been in the rearview mirror in this profession in 2010, you know? And in 2020, we should be talking about how do you transform the way you interact with clients thanks to the cloud? How do you improve your reach? How do you acknowledge the fact that all of legal demand is gonna be happening on the internet and we need to react to that new reality? And so on one hand, you know, technology is advancing so quickly, but the legal profession is often too slow to adopt that change. So I, I have seen a huge amount of change in 15 years, and we are finally, I think in 2023, at a point where cloud computing is generally accepted as table stakes in every law firm, but it took 15 years to get there. And in other industries, that, that change happened in two or three years. 
So I, I feel like the legal industry needs to find a way of saying, this makes sense and we should embrace it wholeheartedly. And by the way, the status quo is not safer and more secure, which is the, the, the de facto response, I think. We talked about in the, in the panel, the legal industry being precedent driven. And that precedent is, is often so wrong with technology. Often what was just before the thing that came is catastrophically worse in every way compared to the new thing. And yet we hang on to it for far too long. Well, that's, that's because it's known and that's what people are comfortable with. And if we talk so, about on-premise technology as an example, right? Like we were arguing that the, the server in the broom closet of a small law firm that was plugged right into the internet without a firewall, probably running an old unpatched version of Windows XP was more secure than you know a, a cloud-based server farm that's being tested on a daily basis by a professional penetration and security firm and so on. It, you know, but it took you know, the better part of uh, 15 years to get that to a point where it's generally accepted as okay. So I think that's where we've got a lot of room for progress as well. Can I, can I just say, I, I just want to say like I totally agree because when I'm thinking about it, when you're in this entrepreneurial space, I feel like we are very repetitive in what we say because you kind of have to be, I mean, it's part of it, but you do feel like in what you're doing, you're like, can we move a bit faster? Can you see my vision faster? Can we get to this thing? And so I agree that- And I think it's frustrating for us in the sense we see the future and we're like, why aren't we there yet? And it's just frustrating when we can't snap our fingers and have that transformation driven really quickly. And I, I, I think everyone at that table feels feels that way to, to an extent. We, we know the world can be better if everyone just embraces these ideas. And it's, it's, sometimes it just takes longer than you think. Now, now the flip side of that, one of the, you asked the question of how do you kind of manage that change as a practicing lawyer as well. And I wanted to share one recommendation I have on that front, which is a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. And one, one of the concepts he talks about in that book is the aggregation of marginal gains and, and so many, I think, lawyers often think about things that end up amounting to this boil the ocean kind of problem, right? Like, how do you make progress on a small thing without doing all the things? And I really think this idea of the aggregation of marginal gains, if you get 1% better at something every day for a year, is the example James uses in his book, you're 37 times better at that thing at the end of a year. So whether it's technology or personal fitness or whatever, I think just that concept of like, What's the little thing I'm going to adopt today that gets me a little bit better is, is going to be great. And I think, I, I think that's a, a really important takeaway for me personally from the last few years. All right, I'm going to inter, uh, introduce fear to our conversation. And this is, uh, I think, a theme of what you all were talking about. And it kind of comes into that fear of change and uh, the fear of the unknown that uh, this is where the dragons are. Jack, and so you all are entrepreneurs and there's ups and downs with that. And so, you know, some days you don't know if you can make payroll, you don't know if this company's gonna make it, you don't know if your competitor's gonna squish you into non-existence. And so that's always there, but when you get on the other side of that, the rewards are incredible. And so I guess I, my next question for uh, you all, because you, you all have been very successful in your journeys, starting companies and servicing the, uh, you know, the, the legal needs of everybody out there much better. Uh, how do you deal with fear? You know, this unknown, like, are we, am I going to be in business next week? Am I going to be able to pay my employees? How do you deal with that daily? So I want to start with Jazz on that one. Yeah, um, my dad is a saying that I think of all the time and I rely on. It's like I can be going through the worst thing in the world and he'll sit me down and look at me and say, Jazz, if, the, if this is the worst thing that's going to happen to you, you're going to live a really good life. 
And I think of that as a perspective set for anything I would go through. Because I, I just got an email as I was walking over here, and it was like, oh, someone wants our, our projections. Some venture group wants projections for five more years, and where's that document? And, and now I'm getting frustrated about it, and I'm like, we just had an unbelievable panel. I made so many great connections at this event. So many good positive things are happening. And you can dwell on something like that and have the, the fear of all of those issues mount and become a, a castle of fear. But at the end of the day, like, it, these are all great problems to have. Someone wants to know your projections. That means they're interested in where your business is going, right? Uh, so it's all about uh, 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 framing it in uh, the correct perspective for me. Because uh, if it's the worst thing that's going to happen to you, whatever it is that day, you, you live a pretty good life. Uh, and Aaron, your, your clients, they have to have fears as well. And so obviously you've seen yeah. this play out over and over again. So how do you address that? I mean, I can relate so wholeheartedly to their experience. I myself haven't been divorced, but I have been on the floor crying in a total panic attack, wondering how I'm going to survive that next day. And I grew up living in fear. I was abused by my gymnastics coach for years and years and years until I marched into a police station at 17 years old. So for better or worse, I thrive in fear. Um, and I also am an older founder. I'm 45 years old. And so like I've run businesses, I've seen ups and downs. I trust my judgment. I trust that things aren't always going to go okay, but in the end, like we'll be able to work this out. I don't pay attention to the statistics about startups failing or women and um, you know, women not getting funded like that. I like being the underdog, that's where I thrive. So I don't know how helpful that is, but some of us just like, you know, live there okay. But I do have to remind myself quite often, like I said on stage, of am I making this decision from a place of fear? Am I working so hard just to be busy? Do I need to slow down and think through what my next steps are? And that is like the challenge that I live with each day. And Kim, you said some uh, pretty remarkable things on the panel. You came out of law school right into a pretty bad recession and you were struggling and you came up with a totally different way of uh, doing the billable hour, not the billable hour, you're doing the subscription aspect of it, but that's that was new. And so you went ahead and carved a new path. And so how do you deal with fear? How did you deal with the uncertainty there? You're looking at uh, potentially going bankrupt right out, of, right out of law school. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I would say like jazz, I, you know, I think one, uh, I'll echo with Aaron being an older founder. I think there's just life, you know, you get dealt with a lot of different things. I'm a child of divorce, right? I'm a child of remarriage and divorce again. I, you know, my family is are immigrants and I just have a lot of things that I had learned growing up. I was like the only black child in, in, in the neighborhood. I've been called the words that you don't want to be called. Like all those things are life stories that I think all prepared me and just having to manage through and figure out. I think being a psych undergrad major was really helpful, going to grad school for psychology, even though I didn't finish my clinical psychology, uh, my PhD, it was helpful. But I think I, one of the things I say to myself is, what's the worst that can happen? And apparently I was always like this as a kid too. Like I would always just ask for stuff. Like I'm, always, I'm in the no position right now. I don't have it. So if I ask you, then I do have it. And if I don't, well, I'm in the same position. So I, I, I have two brothers and my brothers would always be pissed because I would get things. And I'm like, no, I just asked more, right? And then I eventually got it. So I'm, I'm always like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I think coming out, the recession happening, I also was like, well, if I don't have a, this, well, so what? What's the worst that can happen? I'm gonna lose things, I'll still be alive. And then the other way I think about it is I say, what if I? So what if I do X? What if I? 
what's what what's the opportunity if I just tried it? So I think life experiences plus just having that perspective, I guess, as a child, just going going for it, and then just thinking about what if I, as I embark on things that maybe other people didn't do. All right, Jack, your first ABA Tech Show, you uh, you all were circling the drain. Uh, the business <laughs> was teetering. Uh, you all put everything you had into one more effort, and that was the shot that you needed. And so tell us about that. How did you manage the fear of that? You gotta be thinking, wow, what did we just do here? Uh, what am I gonna do to myself financially? How did you overcome that? Yeah, I mean, just to give a bit of backstory on on what led up to ABA Tech Show, we we were piloting Clio around Canada with law societies in in Canada. What was and what was kind of heartbreaking for us just before we came to ABA Tech Show is we we had actually co-developed Clio with the Law Society of British Columbia. They 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 approached us and said, "We we see a problem with our solo small firm membership in the in the in the fact that they have a higher rate of ethics and malpractice related issues than their lar large firm colleagues because of course they, they don't have support staff and everything else so we we worked with the the LSBC to really kind of look do a root cause analysis on this and that's actually what led to the light bulb moment that hey a cloud-based practice management system targeted at the needs of solos and small firms is something that is not only a huge opportunity but completely missing from the market so this was in 2007, we rolled our sleeves up, we wrote all the code, built Clio, and went back to the, a or sorry, the LSBC in late 2007 and said, okay, here it is. Isn't this wonderful? And they looked and said, this is wonderful. And we said, okay, well, let's go market this to all of your members so that we can solve this problem you identified. And it, you could hear the needle come off the record, like that screeching, like, and they were like, no, no. We, we don't market to our members. We can't recommend products. We can't, something you hear about from many yep. bar associations, by the way. But to us, this was an existential crisis because we'd been basically underwriting Cleo's growth with this idea that law societies in Canada would help us go to market. And we're like, well, let's go try the Law Society of Ontario. We flew out to Ontario and pitched a room full of people there. And same thing, a lot of compliments about the product. This is amazing. This is exactly what our members need. And then our ask was, well, can you help us? We're another Canadian company. Can you, can you help us bring this to your membership? No, no, we, we don't market to our members. We, we can't promote a product or hold another product in favor over another. And so our bank account was getting lower and lower. We'd only raised at that point $100,000 of friends and family money. And the advice I'd given everyone at that time was, only give us money that you could light on fire and not miss. I, I told my parents I don't want to be coming to a family Thanksgiving and having macaroni and cheese because they're, <laughs> they put their nest egg into Clio. So we raised you know, a very small amount of money in relative terms. Uh, we were starting to run out of that money and somebody told us about ABA Tech Show after we talked about these failures in Canada and how tough the Canadian legal market was turning out to be. They said, try ABA Tech Show. And so we wrote one of the last $3,000 checks and I remember the exact amount of money we paid for the booth $3,000 for that booth back in 2008. Uh, we were late registering for the show, so the show was in, the booth was in some far-flung corner of the basement of the Hilton next to the bathroom. And enough people stumbled across us though, and the reception was so tremendously warm. Like people would come up to us and hug us, saying like, I've been waiting for somebody to build a product like this. We had the occasional, you know, uh, crazy come along and say like, what you're doing is irresponsible and lawyers cannot store their data in the cloud and you're, 
encouraging lawyers to be an ethical breach of their duties and you're going to end up in a lawsuit. And we were like, okay. But Kim, you commented on this panel, like if you don't have enough people fighting your idea, it's not a revolutionary idea. So we yes. actually took this as a positive signal. We, we took it as a positive signal that there's some pushback, but also a lot of hunger for this. And, you know, cut to 15 years later, Clio's an overnight success story, but that first ABA tech show was uh, the, the best bet we ever made in terms of finding that initial audience. It's where I first met Bob Ambrosi, and, and Bob wrote the first blog post ever about Clio. That's where we started to see the traffic flow into our website, and, and we could see that all of it was coming from, from Bob's Law Sites blog, which he's also celebrating a, a big anniversary, 20, 20 years of uh, writing that blog, uh, this ABA Tech Show. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a real turning point for us, and to our discussion around these existential crises, you know, we were pretty close to being ready to turn the lights out uh, at, at that point, and uh, the reception we had here was so energizing and put us on the trajectory that led to where we are today. All right, we're gonna close it out with uh, one last question and we gotta go quick because we're just about out of time, but I wanna close it out on dreams. And so dreams are very important. Dreams, uh, we start with the dream and uh, when you wanna build something, you have to turn that into reality. And so you all have done that. You all had a vision, you all had a dream, you all created something, it's very real and it's working right now. So your personal philosophy on bringing dreams into reality, I'd love to hear it minute or less. Why don't we start with Jack this time? So Ryan and I had a really simple dream with Cleo. And one thing I want to talk about is, is the fact that, you know, your dreams can sometimes start out in a pretty humble place. You know, we recreated Cleo because we wanted to be our own bosses. And we wanted to create a company with a culture that we wanted to work in. But we didn't ever imagine creating a big company. We thought Cleo would grow to about five people. And if it could generate maybe a million dollars of year of revenue in a year, that would be where we would cap out um, and, and we'd call it a day and, and run essentially a great lifestyle business with two or three uh, developers and two or three customer support people and, and people that love their job. And initially, we, our goal with Clio was just, can we build a useful tool for lawyers and help make them more productive and have more impact? And again, that idea of aggregation marginal gains, we just started really small and iterated out from there and uh, the first version of Clio that we launched at Tech Show, by the way, didn't have document management, didn't have billing, didn't have a lot of stuff that ended up being core. And we just listened to what the market was asking for and developed iteratively out. And we've been iterating and iterating and iterating and getting better and better and better for 15 years now. And eventually that relentless iteration, and I think you see lots of other companies that do a great job of this. Apple, I would hold up as a prime example of that. The first iPhone, you know, we forget, didn't have copy paste. It, it wasn't a great phone. It didn't do a lot of things well, but Apple has relentlessly iterated on that every year and turned it into something great. So I think realizing your dreams is just about relentless iteration and uh, being, to, to the panel's comments earlier, having uh, almost irrational optimism that helps you get through the dark days. All right, Kim, same question. How do you make dreams come true? Yeah, you know, I think one taking perfect action, right? Like mm. stuff, stuff is stuff is some things are going to work. Some things aren't going to work. And I think you just have to own it and be okay with it. And, um, just start, right. Just move forward. And that's how I really operate. Like I didn't, so I'm, I'm hearing Jack cause I'm like, what's the vision? I, we have different, you know, where, where does Fidu go from here? 
not capping my myself with what I think I where I am today because when I started my firm it definitely was like well might as well start it see what's going to happen let's see how it works stay quiet about subscriptions as soon as I started talking about it literally that year it popped right I just because I had stopped for so long so be okay with being different be okay with bucking the status quo be okay with taking a perfect action be okay with failing and then picking up and moving forward because I think that's how you get to things, right? I, I take imperfect action and I stay curious and I really want to figure out how to be creative in all the things. And so I think that's how you shoot for your vision and, and know that as you grow, it's going to change too. All right. So constant reiterations, optimism, being okay with some failures. Aaron, what say you? So my dream has always been to change how we think about and how we do divorce in this country. And of course, there's a legal component and everybody starts with that legal piece, but there's so much more. And I knew that to be able to get to that other stuff, all the financial and emotional issues that come with divorce, it would have to be more than me. And so I think what has been really important and what keeps me motivated and keeps on dreaming is that day that Hello Divorce became more than me the day that other people made sacrifices in their lives to carry out this vision and to you know, buy into this dream and to iterate on it and, and push me in so many different ways. And as long as I have these core people around me, as long as I have like that team, then it feels like sky's the limit, but it, it can't just be me. <laughs> All right, Jazz, bring us home. What's your philosophy for making dreams come true? You know, uh, when, when I think about who we hire and who we bring into our team, I always say there's three things that you can have. You can have someone who's really passionate about our mission. You can have someone who's really good at that specific task. And you can have someone who works really hard. Those are the three building blocks to, to reaching that dream, right? Uh, you can have two out of the three and you'll be pretty good. If you have all three, you absolutely will reach the dream. And there's, I, I cannot, and this sounds cliche, I love the work we do at TurnSignal more than any other job I could ever have. I live in fear of my next job because I don't think I'll like it as much as what I do now. Uh, so having that mindset and being excited about getting to go, up and getting to go to work every day, I dread Fridays and I look forward to Sundays. Um, having that mantra every day and walking into it knowing that it's a privilege to do what you're doing can help you reach those dreams. And, and that's what I, how I feel and that's what I try to hope that our entire team feels as well. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. We've reached the end of the road for this episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us. Jazz Hampton, Aaron Levine, Kimberly Bennett, Jack New. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Thanks, Thank Lawrence. you. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning in. And if you're here at ABA Tech Show, uh, visiting here in Chicago, going to the conference, stop by. We're at booth 735. And if you're not, do a solid. Uh, go ahead, get on your favorite podcasting app, follow, subscribe, helps us out, or better yet, leave a rating for us. Uh, we'll try to build upon that. We're at Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Stitcher, all the major podcasting apps. Till next time, I'm Lawrence Coletti, and you've been listening to On the Road, Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Uh-huh.